Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Due to copyright issues, you will hear a message from Pastor Matt Roden without the worship songs. But you can hear the entire service on the gfcflorida.com website, GFC Florida Facebook, or the GFC Florida YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy today's podcast with Pastor Matt. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Church Online. We are really glad that you are with us. And we are in our final week of our Burning Questions series. I wanna thank everyone who sent in questions. We hope it's been helpful. And I also wanna thank everyone who has been giving online. Whether you continue to give online, started giving online, if you've just been mailing it in, whatever, thank you so much for your faithfulness. You make everything we do possible, so thank you. Now, I also know some of you are wondering, when are we ever gonna reopen? And I want you to know, as Florida is moving through phases, we will move closer to a reopening date. Stay tuned to GFC Florida on social media for updates as we continue to gather online. So our final burning question comes from a lot of questions that we got through this series that kind of sounded like this. You know, um, how can God let a pandemic happen? Um, Is he punishing us? How can we look at the world and all that's going on and believe that God is good? And you know, with this global challenge that we've all been facing, it does make you reassess life and for some, reassess God. Is he up there? Does he care? Where is he? Who is he? And the real question behind those questions is really this, what is God really like? You know, is he distant, just kind of watching from somewhere, just watching humanity play out? Is he angry, punishing anybody who steps out of line? Is he indifferent? Is he temperamental? Is he even close to who you think he is? What is God really like? And man, that's an important question because how you see God determines how you interact with him How you see God determines how you see the world. How you see God determines how you see your own life. It's a just important question. So who is he? So what is he really like? And the thing is, if you dive deep into the Bible, you'll find a great deal about what God is really like. But here's the problem. If you just skim the Bible, you can get confused. For example, in the Old Testament, you just kind of skim it. You don't really dive deep into it. God seems angry, right? You know, he's a, he's a pillar of fire. He's a burning bush. He's thunder in the mountain. He's, he's death and wrath. But then you get to the New Testament and it seems like a totally different God. You know, he's loving. There's Jesus blessing and healing people. There's lambs, there's children, you know, and, and there's a death, but it's the death of Jesus for us. And, and there's, then the rest of the New Testament is about joy and redemption and God's grace. And that's, that's where it gets a little confusing, right, sometimes. And, and, and where did angry God go? Is he angry? Is he loving? Which is it? And, and really the question is, is God holy and almighty up there? Or is he with us right where we are? Don't you kind of want to know What's on the other side of the silence? Who hears our prayers? What does he really think of us? 
And I wanna look at a few things here because really how you see God does affect how you see everything. And so what is God really like? Let's answer the question. Let me start with God 101, okay? Let's look at this verse. Isaiah 40, 28 says this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. So here's the basics. God is the creator of the earth. He is all knowing. He is all powerful. He has no beginning and no end because he has always been and he will always be. Now you hear that and you go, okay, that's just kind of basic. I've kind of heard that before. You know, that, that, that tells me a little bit about who he is, but here's a more interesting question. So how would that God, creator, all powerful, how would he describe himself? Well, that's also in the book of Isaiah. Look with me again, Isaiah 46, nine says this. Remember that I am God and there is no other God. I am God and there's no one like me. From the beginning, I told you what would happen in the end. A long time ago, I told you things that have not yet happened. And when I plan something, it happens. What I want to do, I will do. So we do learn here that God is holy. There is no other. And we, we learn that he is almighty. Uh, there, there is no stopping anything he sets into motion. That's who he is. But that doesn't really tell you what he's like. Uh, I mean, really a holy almighty God, that doesn't seem like, a, like, very, like I could approach him, I could relate to him. A holy almighty God still sounds very distant and indifferent to us. So we know who he is, but what is he really like? Well, luckily there's a lot more to this story because what's interesting is that even in the Old Testament, where some may paint God as angry and wrathful and all those things. He also walks with Adam and Eve in the garden. He also frees his people from slavery. He also forgives terrible sins and builds leaders out of broken people. And over and over and over again in the Old Testament, we hear about God's passionate, jealous love for his people. Look at here in the Old Testament, in Psalms 145.8, look at this, it says, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. And I love this, the Lord is near to all who call on him. And here we see that God is not just power, he's passion. His heart burns for us, he is filled, filled with unfailing love for us. And what's interesting is the Old Testament, if you want me to sum it up, it's literally the story of God showing his love over and over again to people who reject him over and over again. See, the God of the Old Testament is actually the same God in the New Testament. The same loving God is right there. But like a parent, he uses love and discipline. And what I mean by that is sometimes he saves his people and sometimes he allows them to experience the consequences of their choices. 
And that's where this gets a little difficult because th this is just true. A loving God does things and allows things that we do not like. He does. It, this loving God that we're talking about, he doesn't always protect us from the consequences of our sin, from the consequences of other people's sin, even the consequences of living in a sick broken world. So if God, a loving God, right, does things or allows things that we don't like, is he really loving? Does he really love us? It's an interesting question. And this is where this gets a little difficult. Now I can tell you as a parent, <laughs> I do things and allow things to happen that my kids do not like, okay? They, they may not think I liked them at the time. They may question my love for them. You ever had this moment? If you love me, you wouldn't take my phone, right? That's just, you wouldn't do it if you love me, right? And there's that emotion there. But here's, here's what they don't maybe know in that time that what my kids may not understand, but as a parent, I do understand. They may question my love in the pain, but my love is there in the pain. My love is right there in the middle of that pain. Look at Hebrews 12, six, talking about this relationship we have with God like this. It says, it's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. And I wanna be very clear, God's love is not the absence of pain. In fact, it's not even protection from pain that I don't deserve. It's the promise of his presence right in the middle of our pain. And that is hard to understand because like you look at Daniel 3, for example, you can read this story this week, but in Daniel 3, three young guys who trusted God get thrown into a large fiery furnace. Now I want you to catch this. God allowed them to suffer injustice because they didn't do anything wrong. And he also allowed them to be physically thrown into a fiery furnace. He allowed it to happen. And you, you may go, whoa, that doesn't sound like a loving God to me. But he also showed up with them in the furnace. And sometimes that's how God operates Sometimes we see God best in the furnace because really when everything's going well, we don't pay a lot of attention to him. But when life starts burning down all around us, sometimes that's where we see God closer to us than ever before. He really is near to all who call on him. So here's the question. If a holy and almighty God is loving and he draws near to us, what does that mean to you? Well, I can only tell you what it has meant to me. And what I wanna do is I'm gonna honestly describe what my relationship with God is really like. Because knowing what God is really like has changed my life and helped me in a lot of ways. So I'm gonna bear my soul here, hoping that it will help you too. I'll give you the real dirt right after this. So we've been digging into the question, what is God really like? 
we've discovered that, yes, he is holy and almighty, but to us, he is loving and draws near to us. Perhaps there's not even a simpler definition of what God is really like, except in 1 John 4, 8. Look at it with me. It says, whoever doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. God is love. Love defines every action that he does, even when we don't like what he's doing, even we, when we don't understand what's going on in the world, what we know about God is that love defines every action that he does. And what's interesting to me is we are broken people living in a broken world. Yet God is with us in the furnace. That's where he is with us. He wants to bring strength in our struggle. He wants to bring purpose to our pain. He wants to remind us and show us over and over again that eventually love wins every time. So I promised to give you some real dirt about my relationship with God. Now I'm gonna be honest, true confession time, okay? When I pray, the sky doesn't open, there's no strong wind, there's no loud voices from heaven. Um, sometimes when I pray, I struggle to even know what in the world I'm saying. And then someone walks in the room, I get distracted, then I forget what I was even praying about. I've even fallen asleep praying. Don't laugh, you've done it too. But God has been a father to me in my life. When I didn't have guidance at home, he guided me. When I didn't have comfort at home, he comforted me. When there were dark moments where I didn't even know who I was anymore or what in the world was going on in my life, He's been a father to me. I have felt him close to me. Often when I pray, I pray for people. Sometimes when I pray for people, I feel guilty because I don't pray for them enough. Sometimes I feel guilty because in general, I don't think I pray enough. Sometimes when I pray, I feel completely inadequate. Sometimes the guilt is so tremendous that I just wanna hide. Sometimes I don't even know what to say. And I just sit there frozen, not even knowing what to say. Sometimes when I pray, just again, true confessions, I'm angry. Why are you letting this happen to these people that I love? Why is this happening? Why are these people suffering? I've got a whole list of people who should be suffering, but nothing seems to happen to them. Why is this happening? I'll even confess to you, there've been times that I've told God what I think about the job he's doing. Not because I think I could do a better job. It's just sometimes that's how the emotions come out. You know, um, I think about some other times that uh, I've talked to God. It's been interesting. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear this and think, gosh, he's, you know, something's wrong with him. I've had some rich times with God. I'm telling you somewhere in there, I've had some solid B minus prayers. I promise. 
But the truth is, in my darkest and most desperate moments, I've said things to God that would probably shock you. Now, why am I telling you that? Because it doesn't shock him. At the end of my guilt and my anger and my fear, when all that is said and done, you know what happens? He doesn't strike me with lightning. I don't need to be worried about thunderstorms, okay? At the end, when I'm finally done pouring out how alone I feel or how afraid I am or how inadequate I feel, then there's this moment where it's like he asked me, are you done? And I feel him close to me. I feel his love for me. I collapse into his acceptance of me. In the warmth of his arms is a closeness, an intimacy that I can't describe, but I definitely don't deserve. You know, I'm gonna ask you really point blank, why do you pray? Because um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I always get a divine direction every time I pray, but one thing I have to remember is there's always a divine embrace available. Some people pray for all kinds of reasons. I'm sure some people pray to even feel better about themselves. I pray because I need to feel my father's arms around me because his love refuels me, his love resets me. I'm reminded that God really is love. I wanna ask you something. Do you know what kind of love I'm talking about? Because if you do, it changes you. But if you don't know what kind of love I'm talking about, you know what can happen? You'll wake up one day in a bed next to someone you don't know. You'll cope with pain, doing things you never ever imagined you would ever do. You could wreck your life in pursuit of something that no human can ever give you. You know what's interesting is you can experience his church, you can experience his people, you can even experience the Bible, but if you never experience his love, if you've never collapsed into the arms of a father who loves you no matter what, you're missing what God is really like. You may wonder sometimes why as a church, it seems that we welcome so many people. We welcome everyone, no matter where they've been or what they've done. Do you know why we do that? Because God does. <laughs> and because deep down, we remember what life is like without that love. We remember the hurt and the pain and, and, and the struggle. And I want you to know this. I want you to just 
to know this straight up. I know we're online, but just forget about that for just a minute, just you and me here. You don't have to live like that anymore. And I know, again, we're online, but what I wanna invite you to do is if you've never really experienced a love that changes you, a love that you can collapse into, a love that resets how you think of life and everything and yourself, then I wanna invite you into a moment where you and I just pray together, right here, right now. Father, I just pray, if there's anyone out there who's experienced church, they've experienced Christians, they've experienced whatever, but they have never ever experienced what you're really like. They've read about you, they've heard about you, but they've never had a moment where your love absolutely reset who they are, that you, they just collapsed into your arms and felt the warm embrace of their heavenly Father. Then Father, I pray right now that they will give themselves over to you to just believe in what you've done through the cross of Jesus Christ, to believe that they're forgiven, everything is forgiven through that work. And that is why we can approach you with boldness and come before the throne of mercy. And instead of finding judgment and despair, we find a love that we've never felt before. An intimacy that changes everything and fulfills those deep, deep parts of us that no human could ever fill. Father, if anyone out there doesn't know you, I pray that they just say it out loud right where they are, Jesus is Lord, and they just give everything to you right now in this moment. And Father, I also pray for people who have believed in you, but they realize it's been way too long since I have been in my Father's presence in that kind of way. It's been way too long. I've just prayed, I've checked in, I've checked the boxes but I need to come before my Father and be held. I need to come before a God who has all power, but all of his love is focused on me in that moment. And I need to be healed and changed and reformed by his love for me. God, you are powerful and your love is so powerful in our lives change us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a person out there, and again, if you're watching on the comments, on the uh, wait, raise your hand, whatever it is on the comments, please let us know if you made a decision because we would love to encourage you. If you accepted Christ for the very first time, text FORGIVEN to 813-265-4151. Let us know because we would love to encourage you and pray for you every way that we can. I pray this week, we will all be transformed by a love that is so transforming, so powerful and consuming. I pray that you will spend time in your father's arms this week and be changed because of it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>